We got to dig in our roots. We have to reassess our priorities. We've got to sit down and let God have time to shape us into something. It's great to have you back on Charisma News, and this time we're talking about what God is saying to you about the year 2024. We are about to turn the calendar, and this is an important time that people are looking to prophetic voices to say, what is God saying? We are listening. We're ready. So, brother, what is God saying to you about 2024? Well, uh, John, first of all, I always enjoy when I do an interview with you because you ask the best questions. And in this case, it's not just a good question, it's a hard one. So I'm going to answer it and unpack it as best I can. There are many voices out there right now that are not trustworthy. And uh, people feel that. I mean, they feel a distinct sense that, why is this person saying this about the future? Is it for money? Is it to titillate the audience? Is it to join the long train of uh, fascination now with the prophetic, or why is he speaking this? So I answer the question reluctantly and with conviction. Okay, I really believe that in 2024, there is one, one thing to bear in mind. The left is going to behave like a wounded animal. Uh, you have to see that they've been cornered. Their escapades, their extremes, their overreaches in government, are all coming back to haunt them now. And the American voter sees blood in the water, and they're going to make them pay. So in the interim, knowing this is, knowing that, for example, that Joe Biden now has the lowest approval rating of any president in history, that uh, they know they have to do something. So the individual who controls the teleprompter, whoever they are, is going to do anything and everything to make it miserable for people of faith and people that oppose the current regime. Wow. So Mario, there's, you're saying that they're going to make it miserable uh, because they're a wounded animal. And I, I like that, uh, that description. I mean, I don't like that it's coming like that because wounded animals are, when they're cornered, they're going to attack. They've got nothing left to lose. They are going to attack with everything they have to survive. And yes. so we're looking at that type of a situation right now. And it's, it seems that, that what you're saying, it, it just makes sense uh, logically, but you're, you're talking for, from a prophetic vantage point as well. Yes. So let's unpack the prophetic aspect of this even more. Cause what, what God is saying to you is, I believe it's more than just what you've told us. I believe that there's more to unpack there than just the things that we can kind of see with our own logical eyes. Yeah, you know, recent, uh, recent events tell me that the strong Christian is the Christian of the future. Uh, we have uh, talked about the blessed Christian, the prospered Christian, the grace-forgiven uh, Christian, and all of those things are valid and true, but we've entered a new season, and that is where the word strength is going to matter. And the Bible says in Ephesians, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In 2024, we got to dig in our roots. We have to reassess our priorities. We've got to sit down and let God have time 
to shape us into something. I'm working on an article right now that's going to be published in several outlets. It's called The Anointing Breaks the Woke. And uh, in this particular study that I'm going to release, I talk about not woke as a philosophy or a person, but a spirit. It's a spirit because very often you'll see in many videos online that when a person confronts a woke individual on the streets and asks them a logical question, they seem to start to manifest. They're not capable of giving a coherent response to a direct, simple question, whether it be about gender, whether it, whether it be about the Bible, whether it be about uh, freedom or responsibility, personal responsibility. What that tells us is that people really aren't, they're, they're emotionally disassociated from the basis of their position. And I want to tell you, that can sound real confusing, but it's not. It means they no longer know why they believe what they believe. They just feel it and they're mad about it. So they'll defend it. And when they lack any rational rebuttal, They'll begin to call you a racist or they'll say that you're transphobic, homophobic. And they meant all these phobias that are really just honest questions about the direction of the nation. The other problem they face, and I think, John, that this is very critical to understand, who in their right mind would be doing what we're doing with our border? Who in their right mind would be having men and women's sports? Who in their right mind would defend an economy or defend a foreign policy, which has been an unqualified disaster? Who would in their right mind defend that? So when someone says to me, I'm going to vote to reelect Joe Biden, and I know this is political, but I'm being prophetic about it. What, I, what I'm trying to say is, is when you're placed and you're in that position where you're framed to say, well, I want him. There's only one option that they have. They have to use uh, ad hominem attacks on our character. They have to question our sanity or they have to vilify Trump. But one thing they don't have is a plan, a solution, or an apology for what they have done to this country. And so supernaturally, they've been placed in power by the evil one. And the only way to respond to that is supernatural. Now, you know, let me, let me give you a vivid example of this. There are two words that every Christian needs to have in their vocabulary, the word policy and the word prophecy. Now, let's, let's just take a moment. Policy is every human law that has been being written right now. And, and it's laws that the Bible even tells us it's possible for evil to enact laws. It says it in Psalm 94. Will you have fellowship with those who devise evil by law? So anyone that blindly says Christians are supposed to obey, obey every law, they have to look at the word of God. We're supposed to obey every moral law, every civil law, but not an evil law. So here's the moment that we're in. God is going to raise up a special breed of people. The policy will be swallowed up by the prophecy. The Bible says the anointing will break the yoke. I define the yoke as whatever mass form of evil is present in your generation. Jesus, when he described the anointing, he said, the anointing is on me because. Then he said, here's the evil. Here's the sickness. 
Here's the devastation that the anointing of God is on me to address. That's what we're doing in our tent crusades. We, we are really not even waiting for the local church to realize what we're doing. We want them to feel the love and the support, but we can't wait for them to come along. We are under the anointing addressing the yoke, which is woke, of this hour and getting people saved and delivered. And that's why I believe this is 2024 is the era of the strong Christian. Amen. That is so good, Mario. I, I love the, you. the you talking about strength and you and you yourself are a bold Christian. You are, I mean, during the whole um, COVID you. lockdowns and everything, you set up tents and you went and yes, preached I the did. gospel. You were very bold about that. You declared the gospel very openly and clearly, and you weren't going to back down. You know, I want to talk a little bit about um, something as, as we were talking earlier about these whole phobias, um, you know, the, the left calls people transphobic, um, homophobic, any, uh, whatever types of phobia they can just throw at somebody. Um, that actually kind of reminds me going back to FDR, who said, the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. And you kind right. of think about that as like, oh, yeah, I, I don't have to be afraid of anything, just fear. Well, here we found a way that people are afraid of, of being afraid. You know, nobody wants to be labeled uh, no. phobic of anything. And so this has actually become a, a weapon uh, in, in the enemy's arsenal. Can we talk right now about dealing with that fear head on? And, you know, dealing with the fear head on is done by developing a greater fear. All right. In, in Isaiah chapter 6, 52 years King Uzziah ruled in Israel. He was the first cousin of Isaiah, the prophet. Isaiah, in the year that King Uzziah died, had, had five years of ineffective ministry. And now his protector, now the next king, Jotham, he was okay for about 16 years. And then came Ahaz, who offered his own children as a sacrifice. So Isaiah must have felt in the, in the trembling, in the signs of the time, that evil was coming. So he's in the temple praying, and no doubt it's anxiety, it's about his future, it's what everyone's feeling right now. And God's answer for him in that moment was not chicken soup for the soul, mm -hmm. It wasn't Ovaltine with cookies, and a lot of people won't even know what I'm talking about there, but it will be something else. And it was the glory of God appeared, and it terrified him beyond words. It's, it scrambled his molecules because two seraphim appear, and they're saying to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The earth is full of his glory. Well, the same thing happened to the disciples in the boat. They were scared of drowning until Jesus calmed the storm. And then they were more terrified of Jesus than they were of the storm because they said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? So the answer to current fear is the greater fear of the Lord. And I remember one time reading where uh, Patton said, one of the reasons that my men fight so valiantly is that they are more afraid of me than they are of the Germans. Mm -hmm. And the fear of the Lord is not only the beginning of wisdom, 
It's the thing that has been assaulted in church. I really believe that reverence for God was undermined in the modern church by design. The devil tricked us into seeing God as a kind of a, a teddy bear who moves at our every whim, who is so into us that even his own holiness no longer mattered. It was ever, our needs, our needs, our needs. And the sermons became about our needs, our needs, our need. But it isn't that. It's the great and awesome God that we serve. And you'll suddenly see it when your eyes are open. You know, and, and, it, and that fear is resolved by the glory and the power of God. That's why the Bible says, be not drunk with wine. All right, let's unpack that. Why would anyone get drunk? Anxiety, fear, it's a painkiller. So he said, instead of being drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit. So imagine the, the remedy that Paul is prescribing is this. If I'm full of the Holy Spirit, the pain of modern life is going to, the edge will be gone. And I'll say with Paul, the sufferings of our time in Romans 8 are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. And the Bible says very clearly in Isaiah, it said, do not call a conspiracy what these people call a conspiracy. Isaiah 26, it said, and neither fear what they fear, but fear the Lord, and then he will become a sanctuary. So the superior fear of the Lord is what exemplifies the hour that we're living in. I'm in my prayer closet, and compromising the word of God is unthinkable to me because I feel his presence, and I need to know the awesomeness of God. And that's what I think people are lacking now. And that's why they're so easily shaken in their mind, as the Bible says. You know, brother, as we're talking about the the uh, the devil and the, the him being a his time is short. He knows that this is that yeah. things are that things are going on. We've got other representations of that that are like a wounded animal, um, and. You know, we as Christians need to be ready for the attacks. And it's not just being defensive. We can be offensive as well. Yeah. And I know you are going to be doing a lot of preaching this next year. And God's been speaking to you about uh, going out even further than what you've been doing. Can you share some of those things here about what God is speaking to you about the future for the church? Well, here's the contradiction of our time, John. Uh, everybody doesn't realize how mass the harvest is. Mm. And the reason that signs and wonders are so important in our meeting is because they endow us with a very special gift, quantity and quality. It isn't that a lot of people come forward. It's that the lot of people that come forward become true disciples because they're born in fire, in, in a clear sermon, and with confirmed signs and wonders. The other part of the story is that I've never seen a time where we had such a massive shortage of workers compared to seekers. Uh, I could show you pictures of our crusade in Los Angeles, of all places, where we had 800 volunteers and it wasn't enough for the altar calls. Wow. It fell short. And we are watching now, we're going to go to six different cities in 2024 the one I can announce 
publicly is Phoenix, Arizona. We'll be there in April the 28th until May the 1st. And we're already gearing up for that in a citywide invasion of what is also a battleground state, by the way. But we believe that God has us there. And then we're going to be in several other states. Well, we're going to do a grand total of six citywide tent crusades in America in 2024. And uh, we're going to believe God for tens of thousands of people to be saved. Yeah. And your tent is how big? You were telling me this the other day. It is it is massive. It's massive. Yeah, I wish I could show you the schematic. It is 40,000 square feet, and it seats 5,211 people. And the first time we put it up, we had every seat filled. And uh, so it's it's an amazing moment that we're in. And you know, John, every 18 months, we've had to buy a new tent. And each one has been twice the size of the previous one. So I have no idea where we're going to go from here. I told my staff, I said, can we please use this one for a while? Because it, it takes heavy equipment to put it up. And it's, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing temple of God's power and glory. It's a good tabernacle for sure. I mean, that's, that's what the, the children of Israel did in the wilderness. They just carried that wherever they went. And when the cloud of the presence of the glory of the Lord moved, they moved too. And I know that the that the glory of the Lord is leading you to those six cities uh, this next year. And we're going to see great things happen because the presence of the Lord is there. Not because Mario Murillo is there, but Mario that's Murillo right. is, is obedient to go where God that's is it. calling. And that's the thing. And we need more people to join with you so that those those laborers that are few can be greater so that the harvest can be brought in in the appropriate way. You know, Mario, um, as, we're, as we've been talking this last year, there's been plenty of things that, uh, that have come up in our conversations. Right. And, uh, you know, some of these things are the, 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 the misinformed prophets or the people that are uh, leading people astray. I just wanted to hear from you. Uh, have you seen anything develop from, from those conversations, from calling those people out? I don't, I don't want to turn this into that. I just want to see, like, from your perspective, are things getting better or are worse? Well, let me just say this. Uh, I want to reference three things that have happened. Number one is uh, an individual that I called out is now under investigation by the attorney general of his state, which is uh, a relief because he is uh, diverting funds into illegal channels. The second is that an individual that I mentioned became deathly ill, and I don't rejoice in that at all. But they had to leave the field and were unable to uh, give their voice of their kind of their uh, false visions and dreams and interpretations were interrupted. Uh, the third is, is that other prophets that are legitimate are stepping up mm -hmm. and they're not afraid. And a lot of uh, uh, the education that I had to give people was that they needed to read Jeremiah again, read the book of Jeremiah again. And you'll see he devoted a great deal of his time to exposing false prophets, not just the sin of the king or of the culture, but of those that were claiming to speak in the name of God and they were false. Jesus did the same thing. Paul did the same thing. And I'll go you one better. 
There's never been a legitimate anointed voice in the history of the faith that didn't at some point confront false teachers or false prophets in their ministry. Every one of them have done it. Whether it be Catherine Kuhlman, David Wilkerson, Billy Graham, Oral Roberts, that's just in the 20th century. But go all the way back and you'll see it. It is absolutely a a universal part of the calling of God to expose Mm -hmm. falsehood. I did it because as a soul winner, it was looking, it was making us look stupid to the outside world. And I needed to step aside to say, look, this isn't God. This is not God. This is man making up stuff and woman making up stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that's it. So the current trend is that people are waking up, they're coming out of it, and and they're and a lot of houses of worship are being shaken right now because God is preparing us for the yeah. storm. And we've got to be ready. You know, brother, you just mentioned that houses of worship are being shaken up, and I don't want to have to go into any details about that, but we know some things that, are, that have happened recently to several different churches. Um, do you feel that God is, is continuing this thing to clear, out his, to clear out the church? Is that going to be, are we going to be seeing more of that in 2024? Yeah, and uh, I do want to make a comment. I've stayed out of any reference to that event that you're mentioning that I know a lot of people watching will know about it, and others will say, well, what's he talking about? Well, it's not important. Uh, we, what I am going to tell you is that the misbehavior in the way that scandal was handled was on all sides. I don't know that there was a single hero in that story, not one. And I can go into detail why I believe that, but it, it just part of it is this morbid curiosity that social media has created where clickbait instead of content, we're going to do an expose. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do the other. And the problem is that there is a legitimate, as I have tried to do, a format and platform to bring correction once you've gone to the person individually, once you've attempted to be scriptural. But what's happened is social media has allowed people who have no anointing, no integrity, and no experience, novices, complete novices, that in the name of getting views are doing reels and shows, and and you need to quit listening to them because all they want is attention. And it's sad. So God is doing this. He's bringing, separating the sheep from the goat, something my friend Lance Wall now talks about. And he says there are even sheep and goat nations. Well, God is letting, and here's what the Bible says, there must needs be divisions among you so that those who are approved may be made manifest. There's a there's a shaking going on so that the voices that can be trusted and the ministries that are legitimate will rise to the top so they can get the job done. And that's that's God is saying America and saving America is too important for me not to act and bring righteousness and, and judgment and correction. So the key is that we need to be very, very sensitive right now. 
Yeah. Brother, I, I just want to ask you about something because every time you and I talk, it's just it's like, oh, I've got more questions. I've got more things that this, oh, he said this and it makes me think of that. You know, in October, we had the uh, attack on Israel from Hamas and people are, are now very aware about the end times. Um, you just mentioned about God saving America and God has a plan for America. Where do you see America in 2024? And more specifically, where do you see America in the end times? You know, I really believe that there are only three things that keeps America alive. Number one is that we feed the poor of the world. Number two is that we preach the gospel to the world. And number three, that we stand with Israel. If we leave any of those out of the equation, I don't think we're going to be around much longer. And when the issue of Hamas comes up, I love the way the left just deflects and, and refuses to talk about the one thing that matters. The only thing that matters in this entire situation is that Hamas believes that Israel has no right to exist. And, and AOC, uh, the young lady from, yeah, she doesn't know what that's about. She doesn't talk about it. They don't mention it. They want to say, well, Israel is doing this, Israel's doing that. And you don't understand. There is no resolution when your neighbor says you have no right to exist. And until the left answers that question, and, and you got to ask the left, why don't you tell Iran, tell Hezbollah, tell Hamas that Israel has a right to be a nation. And if you don't say that, then don't talk about what they're doing to defend themselves. You have no right to say that. And until that question is answered, none of, nothing else matters. And finally, where does America sit in all of this? America has got to get rid of the anti-God government. Our government is shaking its fist at God. Our government is hating the things of God. You know, we recently saw a Christmas greeting, which was more of a two-line text from Joe Biden saying, the light of Bethlehem. A wonderful New Age spin on that, by the way. The light, not the God, not the Son of God, the light. Whereas Donald Trump stood and gave his Christmas message and he said, this is a celebration of the birth of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Clear as a bell, folks. There's no, there's no obfuscation. There's no, there's no dullness here. There's no smoke and mirrors. It's truth and it's lying. It's evil and good. And what we've got to understand in this hour is that America in the next year is being told by God, you either honor my word, come back to your roots and your first love, or you will cease to exist. And that's what I believe is the, is the significant message of this hour. And it's uncomfortable and it's painful, but it's inescapable. It's incontestable. You can't, you can't hide. This is it. Bottom line. Wow. Those are some strong words there, Mario, and, and things that we can definitely do. Um, but I want to ask you right now, as we're wrapping up here, if you can pray for everybody that's watching, because we talked earlier about battling fear with boldness. And 
I just want to ask you to release the Holy Spirit boldness to those that, that are that are watching this right now. Yeah, I'm going to pray get, as they're getting ready yeah. for 2024. Yeah, I'm going to pray that prayer as you as you've asked. The headline today, folks, is the left is going to act like a wounded animal. It is the time for the strong Christian. That's the headline. Now, Father, Isaiah was told, say to the righteous, it shall be well with them. Say to the wicked, it will not be well. It's never been vague. It's never been hard to know what to do. But I believe, Lord, if there's a prayer for 2024, it is found in 2 Chronicles 20. When Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we have no might against this host, but our eyes are on you. And Lord, we know now that our Christian faith must be dusted off the shelf. It cannot be symbolic it cannot be a wishful thought or a light remedy. It has to be our breath, our life, our being. You must become our tangible daily reward and force of life. And we thank you, Lord, that you are calling us. And the safest move we can make is what the psalmist said, when you said unto me, seek my face, I said back to you, your face will I seek. Let that be the passion of everyone that is watching, that if they will obey that, their children will be spared, their money will be spared, their health will be protected. For you have never failed, Lord the righteous and those that have sought you and have made you their shelter. Thank you, Jesus, for the mighty work you're going to do in us in 2024. Amen. Amen. Mario Murillo, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today to share what God is speaking to you about 2024. Thank you, John. <laughs> <laughs>